Hello, everybody, and welcome along to the Event Industry News podcast. My name's James Dixon, and today's subject, um, bots. Um, once upon a time, a messenger app did just that. It messaged. Um, but with the rise of artificial intelligence, tech companies are very much falling over themselves in some respects to prove how much more useful and interactive their apps can be, which is why we're seeing an explosion of bots and more and more people talking about it. But what is a bot and what benefits could they have for the event industry? I'm delighted to say that joining the podcast today, live from New York, where he's got up very early to, uh, to join us, CEO of Event2Mobile, Siddharth Junjunwala. Siddharth, thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks. Thanks a lot, James. Yeah, thanks. Fantastic to have you along. And, and as I said, there's been an awful lot of talk about bots, chatbots recently. Um, I know that the Event Tech Talks um, down in London recently covered this as a, as a subject. Um, and I think it's fair to say that the tech companies and people who work within the tech side of the event industry are very uh, up to speed with the technology and what it can do. Um, before we look at it in a perhaps a more simplistic way, let's just uh, find out a little bit more about yourself, um, the companies that you work for, and how that ties in with today's subject on the podcast. Sure, thanks. Thanks for that. Yeah, so good morning, guys. It's, it's, it's really early here in New York. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, apologies if I sound groggy. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm CEO of Event2Mobile. Uh, we are an enterprise uh, event uh, app platform. So when I say enterprise, it essentially means uh, it's used by companies rather than commercial event organizers. And Event2Mobile is owned by WebSpiders, um, which, is, which is the parent company. And that, that has a, a bot platform called Zoe. So essentially, we, we license the bot platform to companies to help them implement bots in their, uh, in their companies. Uh, we have large Fortune 500 companies doing that. And Zoe also powers uh, Event2Mobile. Uh, so that's how sort of this uh, relates, uh, James, in terms of, uh, you know, adding bot capability to events. Uh, and I'll give you a perspective on that later on as we discuss that. Super, super. Thanks for that. Now, I should point out at this early uh, part of today's podcast that I am one of those people who is yet to really fully understand what bots are and what chatbots are. I've looked into it. I think I've got a basic understanding. So you'll forgive me today if some of the questions might seem a little bit basic, but I'm sure that I'm probably speaking on behalf and for a lot of people out there who are also in a similar position. They have a vague understanding and perhaps would like to, to find out more about it. So yeah. I'm going to give you a scenario as how I understand it and let you take it from there and see if I'm along the right line. So people will sure. be familiar with messaging platforms, whether that's the Facebook Messenger app or iMessage um, or even the old BlackBerry Messenger where you can have instant message conversations with people that appear as text on your device. That could be a laptop, right. a, a yeah. tablet or a phone. So right. you have these, these messages and I understand a chatbot, for example, to be something where you would be messaging but instead of a real person responding to your message, it's an automated response being generated by an artificial intelligence system. So you could yeah. be asking that bot a question or seeking information. Uh, are we on the right lines there? Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is this is a popular perception about bots, you know, in terms of what bot does, and it's probably thanks to Facebook last year, in about April, when when you know they launched in F8, which is the Facebook conference, when they launched sort of bot capability to Messenger. I think that's when the uh, the larger community interest exploded in bots. Mm -hmm. 
but uh, you know just to take a step back in terms of AI because at the end of the day bots are just part of the umbrella of AI and it's been around for decades you know it's not something that's uh, that, that was last year and 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 you know what is artificial intelligence is sort of you know the the, 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 the parameters are constantly expanding, right? So 30 years ago, a word processor was really AI, right? When it could correct your spellings, when it could format what you did, you know, it was pretty much AI for most people. And sort of the boundaries of AI keeps expanding, and today nobody considers Excel or, or Word or email AI. But, um, you know, to just give you a sort of a general definition is, you know, when, when the system can take over the task that a human does you know when 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 the machines can s simulate or think the way humans do and do it in a better fashion um, that's that's really the larger definition of bots and AI now, whether that's messaging or whether that's a voice uh, that's just a channel yeah. you mentioned they're doing it in a better fashion how, how close are we to the technology realistically being able to do something in a better fashion than a human could actually do it. So if we're talking about somebody seeking some information, let's say somebody goes for, to seek some information about an event, why not just pick up the phone and speak to somebody? Surely a, uh, a bot can't quite do that as well as a human just yet. Yeah, yeah. So as, as you probably already know, James, the, you know, the, the, the event, uh, the, the enterprise events globally, right? The spend is nearly half a trillion dollars, right? And that's as, as large as um, you know the entire advertising spend, both digital and non-digital, globally. So, mm -hmm. so what's really happening is that with the spend as large as that, we are leaving a lot of things to chance. We are leaving to chance whether somebody meets the right person, whether I get the right opportunity to speak to the exhibitor. You know, it's 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 your courage on the coffee table to say hello to the person next to you, to be able to have a meaningful conversation. So. I guess the word is serendipity, and that's you know half a trillion dollars of serendipity is a big, big bill, right? <laughs> <laughs> so what what we're really trying to do, you know, at the end of the road, whether it's a bot or a voice bot or a chatbot, I'm trying to remove the you know specifics of the technology aside for a moment. I think the end use case is sort of uh, reducing serendipity for events uh, because there's too much of money surrounded by chance. And that chance is for discovering knowledge or people or simply opportunities. And I think that's the larger use case of using technology to help us reduce the elements of serendipity in an event. Is, is that potentially taking some of the fun out of an event that people actually enjoy? People enjoy the serendipity side of things. They enjoy setting up some meetings in advance, but they also enjoy bumping into people by accident or meeting yeah. a guy at the coffee station who you end up doing, you know, $250,000 worth of business with just by yeah. sheer coincidence. You know, is that fun element going to be removed out of our events? I think we are talking about assisted serendipity here, you know, augmented serendipity. So as an example, you know, a typical conference, say even 200 people, which is, which is, which is a small event by any, any standards. Uh, if you see an average uh, conversation uh, that happens, you'll be surprised if you take a survey. Uh, we've seen that a person meets on an average not more than three to four new people uh, in a 200-person in, in conference, uh, and that's an average. So somebody would meet 10 people, somebody would meet one, but on an average, three or four people. Now, that's, 
that's leaving a lot to chance. So what we're looking at is, for example, the bot to be able to do the matchmaking instead of you, because you, the classic way of matchmaking in an event has been you say I'm interested in that and somebody says I'm interested in this and it sort of matches. Now that's not, that's not working, right? Nobody, nobody updates the tags. Nobody has the time to say, you know, I'm really looking for this. And what happens in a commercial event, when I say commercial event means somebody who's selling tickets to an event, is is it's one-way engagement you know you're, you're constantly bombarded with vendors coming in or yeah. if you're a big employer then you're constantly getting people who need jobs so it's sort of biased engagement now we want meaningful engagement to happen uh, so while prospective job seekers or prospective vendors might might keep messaging uh, other people for, for the for the other side it's just annoying because they've spent money and the time to be at the event and all they're sure. getting is yeah. unsolicited messages. But at the same time, they're looking for people to join them uh, as an employer. They're looking for vendors to, to partner. And if, if technology can sort of uh, you know, limit that, uh, uh, you can say cold calls if you like, uh, yeah. it just makes it more meaningful for both parties. You know? um, it, is it uh, a case whereby the technology can, can be integrated with existing platforms, so registration systems, um, event apps, etc, etc. Because I think with so much technology coming to the marketplace in the event industry in such a short space of time over the last few years, there are a lot of event organizers and people who work in the industry out there who are, are worried that this is something else that they've got to integrate and they're constantly having yeah. to relearn how they do things. Um, right. Is this something that can be actually integrated and almost not, people won't even realize it's there, it will work with the existing systems? Yeah, so, so you know, the beauty of technology is when it's not there, and that's really the, the key metric of any technology. When when it when it doesn't feel it's there, but it's there, and and what we are seeing is, as an example, you know, cognitive, uh, which means image recognition and and voice assistance uh, being a big part of the event experience. So you you and me are wearing a headset at the moment, and you know, one of the behavior changes that we see is that. Uh, nearly f uh, 40 to 50 percent carry a headset in their pockets along with their phones these days, right? Partly perhaps yeah. due to Spotify or <laughs> other <Yeah>. reasons. <laughs> but but the fact is, most people are starting to carry headsets. So imagine, uh, you know, the the typical attraction or tour experience where you put on your headset and you let the app talk what's around you, right? Sure. So yeah, when the app tells you, so instead of you know, if, if there's a busy booth. You know, if you put your camera and it tells you that, okay, this is the booth, this is the web spiders booth, this is what they do, you can download the brochures, you can see the video, you can do all of that without even, uh, you know, going and speaking to somebody. And then you would speak if that engages you. Yeah, or you would, sure. Or one, of this, one of the voice bots that you're talking about is where you, where you just switch on the app, you put on your headset, and you're not dealing with technology, and you're just walking. Right? And as you're walking, it, it's telling you, it's almost like a, like the museum or the, you know, the, 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 the attraction tours that you have. It's telling sure. you, this yeah. is on your left, this is on your right, this is what you're seeing. And I'm not even talking about those VR glasses where you have to wear them and you suddenly in another world. This is totally no technology technology. So you're just wearing a headset, you're walking across the floor or you're sitting in the conference and it leads you in, in that process. So that's the kind of technology we are seeing that's succeeding because, you see, as a company, we are not working with a lot of commercial vendors, right? We are working with enterprise. So for them, an event is a means to an end. For, yeah. They're spending 
they're spending hundreds and thousands of dollars or pounds uh, simply to have a better engagement with their shareholders, their customers, or their employees. So, so we are seeing these work where we are removing the sort of technology and yet having it tech enabled. There, there is, a, a, and forget, I, I hope I don't sound negative about this, but uh, I suppose what I'm doing is putting forward the views that people who will be watching this podcast may be right. thinking or, or having as they're watching it, and that is. When you talk about wearing the headsets, I'm sure many people will be familiar with the concept of, of the museum and, and even I can think the best example of 10 years ago when uh, you go around, if anybody's been to San Francisco and been to Alcatraz Island, you get, it, yeah. 10 years ago you were given a, a portable device and some headphones and you could push play when you were ready and it would guide you on the tour without the need for a yeah. tour guide. Yeah. And obviously things have moved on a pace so we now have this available to us but what I'm gearing towards is this idea of perhaps isolation. You know, events are supposed to be interactive. It, the whole point of events is that you're getting people into a room face to face to talk to each other. Right. Is, is the concept of putting a headset on and using your mobile device to guide you around something then isolating people and getting them away from the very reason why they went there in the first place? Yeah. No, you, you have a very valid point, you know, that's, that's the default meaning of getting out of your couch at home or at, at work and, you know, and going, going, going for a live engagement, going for a live meeting. But, you know, it's, it's probably the sign of times, you know, it's, it's, it's like I'll give, you a, I'll give you an example as the speaker, not as a vendor. So I was, I was up at uh, Hanoi for the Pizza Hut conference. So uh, they invited me to talk about bots and it was a sort of a Pizza Hut uh, internal conference. So they had about 13 countries coming in. They had invited SoftBank Robotics to show how a robot could do a better job with the pizza delivery had invited me to talk about the uh, you know the role of bots in the uh, consumer uh, in the F&B industry yeah and and they were using our app again and they had only half an hour for each session and about 10 minutes for Q&A now the moment now I was sitting there as, as, as a speaker waiting for my turn and I was seeing other speakers and by the time they finished their um, uh, you know, the, the session in 30 minutes, there were about 10 to 12 questions already up on the board. And the person could answer those questions within the next 10 minutes and within essentially an, uh, 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 a session which would have been one hour long traditionally was was optimized to 40 minutes. And I could see that being used and, and in Asia, for example, with the multilingual situation where somebody's, you know, from Thailand, somebody's from Korea, they were able to post their questions. The system was able to translate those questions into English, uh, uh -huh. uh, which, which the speaker could would take in, and and they could optimize a one-hour uh, thing into a forty minutes. So I could see that that actually helped out because you know the the serendipity of having a microphone being passed around the the floor and getting yeah. a chance to ask is 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 leaving a lot to chance. And of course, with solutions like that, you know, today our platform and some of the other platforms do where you can upvote on a question, you can translate the question. Uh, it really added value to that engagement. And I could see that once you get off the stage, we would see that people were coming back for an offline discussion. And that was because I was able to address the questions. So I, I would say in this specific case, it was augmenting the experience uh, and breaking the ice for me. Uh, which, which would not have been otherwise. And like you said, you, you've removed that, um, that
that element of chance where instead of having the microphone being passed around by a facilitator who ultimately yeah. it's their it's their choice it's human decision then isn't it who am I going to choose to ha to pass the microphone to and then yeah. you don't know if that's a good question a bad question a relevant question whereas if you've got all the questions to hand you can choose which ones you're gonna um, exactly. you're gonna answer and I suppose what that ties back into is what you were saying earlier on in the in the podcast about Microsoft Word and the spell checker that word processing when it first came about was artificial intelligence we don't consider that to be artificial intelligence now yeah do people perhaps have this misconception that bots and artificial intelligence is actually a lot more sophisticated than it actually is um, do we need to reinforce how simple it can be you know James it has to be simple for the end customer because if it's not then they're just not going to use it uh, and that's that's pretty straightforward because you you don't want technology be to the focus when you're at an event and as you rightly said you want the the connections and the learning to be the key part so so what, the one difference between you know bots today and say bots 30 years ago when we when we had word processors as ai is the concept of machine learning and that's sort of you know uh, uh, you can say revolutionary aspect because in the quest to mimic human behavior you know let, let's make no mistake, the biggest computer on the planet, the most intelligent computer on the planet is the human. Right? Mm -hmm. The human body is, is just the absolute uh, marvel of nature, right? So there's no replacement of that. And the quest has been to create something similar to that, right? And in that, in that journey, the, the aspect of machine learning, because like you and me, right, every day we see things and we learn. Now the, the problem with an SAP system or an Oracle system is that they don't learn, you know, they, they still operate as they were coded. So if they had rules, they might have 10,000 rules, but they would just behave yeah. the way they've been structured. Now if you see driverless cars today, for example, you know, they're not just about sensors and cognitive, they're also about learning. So the car learns that when, when an automatic brake was applied, you know, that was the right thing to do. So, yeah. Yeah. so machine learning is, is one part that, that's new and that's sort of adding the thing. And the second part is, you know, the predictive models. Now, traditionally, we've always done a database query and we've got specific results. Now, in the new AI sort of paradigm, when you can predict a model, you know, so there's a, there's a popular phrase I use, you know, kicks versus kisses, right? So if you, if you had to, if an AI machine had to predict the genre of a movie, for example, how would it do that? Now, you, could, you could have perhaps a number of times somebody kicked someone, Number, number of times somebody kiss and when I have a plot, right, like a linear regression plot and make an assessment. Now, the AI would have 100 variables, not just those two, and be able yeah. to predict whether a movie is a drama or a romantic movie or an action movie, for example. So these two things, I think, for the, for the common, for, for the CEO of a company which is trying to understand, okay, what does AI mean for me, what does bot mean for me, is essentially adding the aspect of machine learning. So in the context of an event, at the moment, the events are very in a silo, right? So, so an event app is in a silo. You go to an event, and the next event is absolutely new. There is, there is hardly any carry forward of that information. Uh, the only thing we have is some analytics for the organizer, but then that's exclusive to the organizer, nothing towards the customer. So if I come to your event again this, this, this fall, is it, is it knowing what I did last year and changing things for me? And that's, yeah. that's an element we are able to address in the enterprise because the enterprise, for example, some of our customers are using it for up to 200 events a year. 
So the same person, based on his behavior and his, his choices, the system learns and gives him the appropriate behavior, appropriate choices and options in the second event. And of course, during the, during the uh, you know, time difference between those two events as well, in terms of relevant uh, information and alerts. So that's really the key difference between uh, AI today and AI yesterday. And, and the more I speak to you, the more I'm, I'm hopefully building my own understanding of, of, of how the concept works. And again, what I'm trying to do is reference it back to things that people may be aware of in their day-to-day -day activities already to right. perhaps paint a picture of then what this concept means to them. And right. what just sprung into my mind as you were speaking there is the, is the idea of, of cookies on websites. Yeah. Um, yeah. People yeah. will be very familiar with the fact that they may be searching on a holiday website for a holiday right. and they'll be searching a particular destination and then they right. go onto Facebook and whilst they're on Facebook on the right hand side of their screen pops up an advert for a yeah. holiday destination they're looking at and they think oh that's coincidence and we know now it's not coincidence because yeah. By allowing cookies, that's essentially the internet being clever, learning what your likes and dislikes are and what you're browsing, right. and then bringing forward advertising based on that. And essentially, that's very similar to what we've been talking about already, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'll give you a very, very practical example of what we're doing with enterprise. Uh, and the reason I'm saying enterprise all the time is because they're focused on the engagement part. You know, yeah. they're, they're, they're motivated to make the engagement a priority rather than a margin because they have a budget and they have to spend that budget for the event. So as an example of cognitive, you know, one thing that you probably see in every event today, whether it's a wedding event, whether it's a company Christmas event, whether it's a, you know, commercial event, is everybody taking photos, right? That's, I think, you go yeah. to any event, even if it's a PowerPoint going on, they'll be taking photos, right? Now with cognitive, at the moment, you know, like our system and other systems, they also give you a concept of a wall or a social wall. So it's like a Facebook experience within your app, right, within your event yeah. app. But with, when you add machine learning on top of that, what the bot does is, is that the photos, photographs that you are taking, it's automatic, automatically tagging that. It's automatically discovering what you're, what, you're, what you're taking. And that is adding to your profile and your interest to serve you personalized content. So you don't have to do anything. You take a picture, you upload it, it recognizes that this is the PowerPoint you're taking. These are the things that you are, uh, you know, capturing. And sure, it yeah, yeah. recognizes that and tags you with those tags automatically. So it seems sort of surreal and sort of sometimes creepy perhaps that, oh, how does it know that I was interested in this speaker? I didn't even say I like that speaker. At the moment, the apps want you to actually like a speaker or like a session to be able to, to know that you are uh, you know, engaging with that, you like that speaker, but n nobody does that. You know, you cannot, you, you don't go to an event and bookmark and like and, you, you know, you're focused on the session. So we, with Cognitive, you could do that. And we are seeing the results already in terms of, you know, uh, you know in, in terms of what is the intent of the people, what is the real intent of people when they are at an event and making it far more engaging for them. And of course, th this a lot of it goes hand in hand with people and their own learning and their own understanding of a subject and how well they become used to it. And referencing back to what I was just saying about cookies and things like that, when, when, there, when there's a big issue of cookies and websites having to make sure that they were legally posting you know, announcements and information that, that they use that, that particular element on their website and, and people have to allow them and acknowledge that it's going on. Right. 
I remember a lot of people saying, oh, I'm not, I'm not so sure about this and it's going to be accessing my information and what will it mean for my personal security? And of yeah. course, you fast forward several years and nobody's bothered about it anymore. People just accept yeah. that that's the way the internet works and nobody really has any issue with it. And yeah. I sense that there, there is a similarity again here as the technology becomes more advanced. Yeah. Yeah. People, whilst in the first instance and in the short term, if they take a photo of a presenter, upload it to their profile via an event app, for example, and then suddenly get sent some information by them, the first time that happens, that could be quite freaky for them. Yeah, absolutely. But I sense that in a few years' time, this is yeah. essentially going to become the norm, and people will be used to that information coming through to them because of intelligence. Absolutely, absolutely. It's, 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 it's a behavior change. You see, major, all major revolutions have had behavior change as, as a paradigm. So, you know, having a phone in your pocket was a behavior change. You know, internet was a behavior change. Driverless cars would be a change of behavior. Uh, so whenever there's a change of behavior, there's an opportunity for growth as well. And uh, that, that's what definitely seeing the events industry because, because the time and the investment is massive and you know much more about it than I do. I mean, half a trillion dollars globally spent on, on events is, and this is not even including social events. These are including of corporate events is as big as the advertising industry globally. So there's a lot of money that goes on, and uh, often some of it is in the dark. You know, you just throw the money out. Uh, you know, you traditionally event apps give you some statistics, but they're not they're not complete because they do not because people are not in, uh, you know tapping on every speaker that they're uh, listening to. They're not tapping on every exhibitor that they're interested in. And having this intent and having it seamless, so, you know, again, use of sensors. And I mean, you, you, you probably heard, you know, no music festival today, for example, goes without a a, a smart badge, a smart, um, you know, uh, uh, a sort of a uh, the wristband, for example. Yes, the RFID wristband, you know, that has a chip in it. And they are the only ways you can go around. You know, you go to Coachella, you go to Burning Man, you go to some of these big ones, and even if you go down to some of the small ones. You know, some of these festivals you're not even wearing a lot of clothes. You can't even put your mobile phone <laughs> in the pocket. You don't, probably don't have a pocket at that moment. And that badge is everything. You know, from getting your food to networking to 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 doing everything. You can't even imagine a festival. Yeah. And on and on that on that on that particular reference point, we should. We should break out of, of the, the conferences and the meetings um, side of things for a second. Sure. And when we talk about artificial intelligence and bots stepping into things like the outdoor festival industry, which is still a huge part of the event industry, yeah. um, when you tie in artificial intelligence with something like the RFID wristbands that yeah. are, are more prevalent in, 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 in that industry now, yeah. Yeah. Suddenly, there are loads more opportunities, aren't there? Because somebody taps their wristband yeah. into a certain area of the festival, and that can look at their social media profile and match them to certain bands, to certain artists, to certain other aspects of that event that, that could be of interest to them. It's not just the meetings industry, is it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as as, as a parallel, you know, the the radio function in Spotify is is exactly you know it makes you discover new music based on your preferences, and the same thing applies if the Essentially, the focus of the band is to recognize you and be able to transmit that data to, to a, a digital uh, system. And the moment you do that, right from your food preferences, right from health 
you know, in these large conferences, sometimes, you know, first aid and health is a big part. You know, some people get sick, some people need medical attention, mm -hmm. uh, what kind of food they need. Uh, that's a big part. You know, pe people come with different uh, food allergies, uh, food preferences, uh, what kind of bands they want to listen, what kind of people they want to meet. And, and you know, you're talking about, you know, corporate conferences can't even match the scale of these con these events. I mean, you're talking about 10,000 people, 20,000 people, uh, and then beyond. Uh, so you, you absolutely need this, this back-end engine to be able to match this. And the, and the best part about the machine learning is it, it needs to keep learning uh, as an automated uh, being uh, in terms of, so what I mean to say is that when that person does any further action, it, it, it keeps updating that and mapping to that. And you know, you didn't need technology providers to provide it as a seamless service to these event organizers because they don't have the time, they don't have the energy, and most likely they don't have the competence to do it themselves. So what they need is something that's out of the box. They don't have to think about it. All they do is you know, just subscribe to that service and they get all of that baked in right, right off the box. Um, I'm interested as, as we as we run through the time of today's episode. Um, one thing I do want to ask is 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 behaviour changes and reference behaviour changes, which we mentioned um, a few minutes ago. Yeah, I, I'm sure that over time, and that could be in the next few months, or it could be in the next couple of years, organisers and people working to deliver events in the events industry will understand what what this technology is capable of and how they can integrate it. What the biggest struggle may be is getting their audiences to buy into it, whether they are delegates at a conference or people walking through the gates of a, of a festival yeah. uh, or, or a, an exhibition in a big uh, expo center. Yeah. Getting the audience members to buy into this and actually interact with it is potentially going to be the bigger, the bigger hassle. Um, how are you working and how are companies like you working with organizers in order to develop ways that they can actually transmit and translate this information to their audiences to make sure they understand what right. benefits this will bring to them? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> so, I mean, in terms of user adoption, right, what, what, what we are seeing is that, uh, you know, it's, it's so much part of the experience that they get, you know, for the lack of a better word, they get stuck when they see other people doing something and they cannot. So, so as an example, in that Q&A example, they're seeing, oh, everyone else is posting a question and it's get answered. How do I do that? There are no mics being passed around, uh, as an example. Oh, this guy got his food ahead of line. He got his drinks ahead of the line. Why am I not getting that? Uh, oh, I could just get his business card. He's getting, he's getting all the information right away. Why can't I get that? And so that's sort of the starting point because, you know, one thing you're absolutely right, the delegates don't want technology. They, they, they want, but they want to achieve more, you know, yeah. most delegates don't want technology, but they want to achieve more, you know, they hate downloading another app, they hate signing up again somewhere else, they hate doing all of that, and to some degree, you know, the chatbots, which is just another channel for AI, is, is helping, uh, you know, for example, with questions like, who's speaking next, when is, what's happening now, you know, these are the typical phrases that get, uh, that, that gets covered right now, uh, but, they, when they see it happening for others and it's not happening for them, I think that's when they invest in in, in adopting that. Um, yeah, that, that, that's the practical way what we're seeing in adoption. Yeah. 
it's it's a it's a continually um, growing area and a subject that, that that's I feel in the last few months particularly arousing more and more interest in the industry. So I've no doubt that um, event industry news will continue to cover this. And um, before we wrap up today, I should I should also point out that um, it's worth having a little check back on the Event Tech Live website and probably available via Event Industry News as well. That there was a, a recent Event Tech Talks in London. Um, on 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 this particular subject as well, um, with a four uh, four person panel that was chaired by Event Tech Live's Adam Parry. So we should point out that the people should perhaps go and have a look at that. Um, I'm sure it will dovetail in nicely in time with a lot of the stuff that, that has been discussed on today's podcast. And I'm certain as well that we'll um, we'll speak again on this particular subject. Um, for now, we're going to wrap up today's episode and say thank you to CEO of Event to Mobile, Siddharth Junjumwala, who's joined us from New York today. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Thanks for we the We appreciate time. you getting up, um, getting up early and talking to us about it. And I'm sure now that you're invigorated and ready for a day's business ahead of you. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Fantastic. Um, and once again, for, the, for, for people watching this via eventindustrynews.co.uk, you can also head over to iTunes and subscribe to audio versions of the podcast so you can listen to it on your commute to and from work um, if you've not got a chance to actually look at the video. But uh, for now, we're going to wrap up today's episode. My name's James Dixon. Thanks very much for tuning in, and we'll see you again next time. Bye-bye.